So did everybody out, did you all pay attention when uh, Bonnie was doing some house cleaning stuff with you and talking to Bill? There was about four of you that might have been listening. I was watching. And I was thinking, man, this reminds me of our days of meeting at St. Andrews. We're talking, but nobody's really listening, I guess. They're all busy connecting with one another. And that's actually a really, a really good thing. I, I kind of wonder how vision disciples, whether they were chatting to themselves much of the time while he was trying to do something important, to say something important. It's a good thing he's long-suffering, patient, kind. And listen, as Debbie said, it's just like so good to be physically present with y'all. And uh, this morning, Debbie and I wanted to continue tinkering with the calibration as a followers of Jesus and with our vineyard church as a whole. And this is, you know, it's, it's especially important as we So this is what happens when we prepare to go online. Like, well, I, I don't know that I've got anything particular to say, honey. And, and then I just lose control. But this morning we want to just continue, like, tinkering with the calibration of our, in our direction as followers of Jesus. And with our church as a whole, uh, this time of season, it's during this time of season that we're traditionally thinking about the trajectory of our lives and the work of the church. Um, fall marks the beginning and kickoff of another year for the church. So it's a little funny thing in, in our staff meeting with Bonnie. We were talking about, you know, the fall kickoff. What does that look like? We both looked at one and I said, I absolutely don't know. <laughs> it's like we're kicking off into outer space. What is it supposed to look like? 
it's not just a problem that we're contending with, but it's with many of the pastors that I've met with, even through this past week uh, in our ministerial. There was that kind of remark. There's this kind of like people battening down the hatches and trying to figure out the best way of, you know, going through the storm. What can they have in place? What can they do? Um, but we're all entering into a time of a shared time of history and a year of challenges unlike anything that we've known before. And I know you've been told that. I know you that is, unless, of course, you're over 100 years old. Is there anybody that qualifies for that yet? <laughs> Did you know that, uh, that when you said yes to following Jesus, that you were actually signing up to join in, in a journey of faith and mission that is designed, I mean, is absolutely designed out of the box to test and challenge everything that you believe about him? Have you figured that out yet? And in following him, you're, you're going to, are you prepared for him to show you exactly how he sees you? I've been talking about that these days. Are you prepared to have him readjust how you see others? These are things that I want us considering as we, as we go into this new season. You know, that we were saying last night, last week, we were saying if we're going to be effective long-term agents of his love, example of being present with God and present with people. Now, kind of hanging just a couple of weeks on that concept, I thought it was funny when we were late getting out of the gate. I thought Debbie was going to come up with me here to the mountain and arrive with Andrew and I this morning as we prepared and I didn't have to hurry. You know, tell people what you were doing. But I turned on, my CBC radio was already turned on in my truck. One of the things I swore I'd never do as a kid was listen to CBC, but here I am. <laughs> and the first thing coming out of the mouth of the gal that was, was uh, talking to the audience at CBC was this morning, she says, we're coming to this strange new season and we've got to learn how to be present with one another. story of this same text that we're reading today. Last week, Debbie and I uh, shared about the woman who was healed after touching the hem of Jesus' garment. Now, that's, man, I don't know how many times I've heard that story in my 38 years of trying to follow Jesus. And keep... But here in our reading today, I'm going to reference that same story, but from the vantage point of having already read that story, already having recaptured that story. I'm, I'm going to actually capture a portion of what we dealt with last week in my own words. But I'm going to invite Debbie to, to read to us as well. And I'm just going to interject in between. And so if you're wanting to turn and follow any Bibles, you can. Open your phones up. <laughs> open whatever devices up. We're reading from the New Living uh, Testament, that version. Uh, but the version 
story in between verses 25 through 31, I decided to write myself. Have you ever tried that? You're writing scripture for yourself, not changing it. Okay. The writer of Revelations has something to say about that, doesn't he? Steps.
Jesus was the young prophet. He was the teacher who had recently joined their community. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus took up residence in Capernaum. He had taken up residence among these people, all the people of our story here in Romania. Both Jairus and the woman had heard the stories about their neighbor, about Jesus. Both carried a witness in their heart that he was unlike anyone that they ever seen or heard of before. And faced with a problem that was beyond themselves, desperate in need of a resolution. Have you ever found yourself desperate in need of a resolution? Once or twice. And in this case, they need a resolution that didn't involve waiting in a lineup or filling out reams of paperwork and applications or conducting interviews. Both of them reached out to Jesus in a hope that he would simply and quickly intervene in their situation. Unlike Jairus, who appealed directly to Jesus face to face, the woman, she pressed in from behind Jesus, didn't she? And she took a hold of something that had been revealed to her by the Spirit of God. The woman took a hold of it while no one else was watching. I don't know if you read that in the mirror, but I should see it. Nobody else was looking at Jesus. You were looking at Jairus. You were looking at all the other activity that was going on. Now she sneaks in, doesn't she? And she takes a hold of something while nobody can see it. And not even Jesus read this, I, I heard, yes, this is a story about faith and power. In fact, you know, I kind of titled this sermon that. But if you press on into Mark's gospel and, and you find Jesus traveling to his hometown in Nazareth, that actually just happens in the next chapter with Mark. In Nazareth, he's confronted by religious skeptics and a community of people who knew him as a child, who couldn't receive a much less the weighty political message of his Father's kingdom. Do you ever think of Jesus' message as being politically charged? We live in a world where the, where the world is telling us that there must be a separation between church and state. And I will say to you that Jesus and all that he preached and all that he lived out was a direct challenge to state. Jesus, it was said, when Confronted by the people, what's going on? I just think it reminds me of this bad product of Muslim religious society that they do politics. So. She's not lying there at all. If I want to put her to sleep in a hurry, I just start talking about it. But Jesus, in the midst of that, in the midst of what were his people, was dumbfounded by their unbelief. It said that he couldn't do anything remarkable there, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. <laughs> did, did you hear that? Hey, I, I'm happy to see answers to prayer. I'm ecstatic when I see a few sick people cured and recovered. I actually think that we're breaking into revival when I see that. But here Jesus is like dis- disappointed. 
disappointed, dumbfounded by their unbelief, and unable to significantly move amongst them. See, that's God's heart, is that He significantly wants to move among us and in our communities. If you just, if you think that Jesus is just like kind of casual about what's going on in our city and our lives, give your head a shake. That's not how He's constructed us. That's not what's burning. to wanting to participate and see more of the Father's love and kingdom released here on the earth. In fact, Jesus actually shows us, tells us to pray for this prayer. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let it come. Let the love of God be poured out on us. Let your healing be made manifest. Restore, restore your
That's what Jesus came to preach. He came to proclaim that the kingdom of God was amongst us and that when he was here, suddenly with his coming, it had broken in. And we're partnered with the same Jesus whose power really has overcome death itself. That's what we're celebrating when we're up here. You know, the interesting point, you were asking me, you know, is this a time for celebration or are we supposed to be like filing it down? And all I can think of is Jesus is risen. Like, what, you know, my mind was racing to the disciples who were <laughs> with the reality that the, the Jesus who was crucified on the cross was standing in their midst, suddenly there alive, and telling them, give me something to eat. i got to prove to you that this is just isn't a ghost. I'm really here. Touch me, feel me, walk in me. In desperation and faith in God, who is our healer, the woman of Mark's gospel reached to Jesus to cure her infirmity. In desperation and faith in God, who is faithful to hear our request, Jairus reached out to Jesus to deliver his daughter from the hold of death, to snatch it out of their very jaws. Psalm 34, verse 17, is, the psalmist writes it like this, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. references the name of the 12-year-old daughter or the woman who was healed from her eating disorder. In part, this is reflective of the culture. But importantly, the focus is on the recipients of God's love and power. And they are identified not because of their political or their righteous sway that they might hold in their communities, but they are relational singled out, and they are both preciously commended as daughters. You know, when I introduce my daughter to people, yes, her name is Jocelyn, but I can tell you as a father, I love referring to her as my daughter. There's, that's supposed to infer amazing
So, um, one of the things, one of the pictures that, you know, when we were kind of bugs, old altercation, it wasn't really related to Johnny's passing. But uh, one of the things that Debbie was assured of as she turned her face toward God and asked some questions is that, is that she saw she saw a picture of Jackie going straight away and immediately to Jesus, like without any question, without any doubt. For the two years that she was with us, Debbie's right, she hid in the shadows, she didn't want to be seen. 